KKUT 90.3 FM. This is Future Classic Radio, and we are live, continuously live for the last little while, last few months here from Shea Laurier. Big shouts out to all of the CKUT crew keeping CKUT moving and shaking and broadcasting continually. And uh, got Moonstar in the house. It's the both of us today. Yeah, I got some great music f- for everyone out there. Listen to an EVM remix right now. EVM 128, I think. We'll post all the playlists up at futureclassic.ca if you want to get in touch with us there. Also got some new music from my camp that I'm, I'm going to be sharing with you all. And we have a special guest today, Etan Thomas. Uh, we're going to play uh, a pre-recorded interview we did with him a couple days ago. I did a collaboration with him, and uh, we released it on Public Transit Recordings this week, so we're going to get into that this week, as well as a lot of other new joints. Got something new from Amalia. Going to get into that, who's actually in Montreal now. Nice. Where are you at? Nice. And some other gems, too. And we're going to dig back in the crates, because why not? So do keep it locked. We're here until 2 p.m. Eastern Time. As we fell back, and it feels like we're really actually now in it, folks, in fall, and some strange days continuing. Um, but yeah, let's, we'll get some gems going. Let's do it. Shouts out to Penny. Keep it locked right here. CKUT 90.3 FM. CKUT.ca Worldwide. Thank you. 
90.3 FM, Future like Classic you. Radio, just like you. and uh, just like you. moving into, just like you. could this be the world premiere? Like Might be the world premiere. I mean, well, like I mean, technically the song is already out, just but like you. broadcast premiere, just like you. very very likely, like brand new just like from Public Transit Recordings, just like you. Moonstar and just Itan like you. Thomas, The Trip, just like you. Just like you. Future Classic Radio. Just like you. Giving all honor, thanks, and praises to God for courage and wisdom. This is a very important rally. I'd like to thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts, feelings, and concerns regarding a tremendous problem that we are currently facing. This problem is universal. Transcending race, economic background, religion, and culture. And this problem is none other than the current administration which has set up shop in the White House. to take some of these cats on a field trip. I want to get a big yellow buses with no air conditioner and no seatbelts and round up Bill O'Reilly, Pat Buchanan, Trent Lott, Sean Hannity, Dick Cheney, Jeb Bush, Bush Jr. and Bush Sr., John Ashcroft, Giuliani, and Galisti, Catherine Harris, that little bow-tie Tucker Carlson, and any other right-wing conservative Republicans I can think of. them all on the trip to the hood. Not to do no 30-minute documentary. I mean, I want to drop them off and leave them there. 
Wallets that are confused with illegal contraband. I'd introduce them to pigs who love 
classic radio and uh, that was the trip brand new from Moonstar with Etan Thomas sharing some words and um, that's brand new on a public transit recordings uh, just released last week via Bandcamp and um, just to give you a little bit of background on Etan Thomas uh, before we step into an interview with him he is an established author, poet, social activist, and ex-pro athlete based in the U.S. In 2000, he was the first round draft pick for the Washington Wizards and played most of his 11 years in the NBA with them. He has published four books, his latest being We Matter, Athletes and Activism, published in 2018, and that has garnered accolades as one of the best top as one of the top 10 best activism books of all time. He's also a contributor to numerous media outlets, including The Guardian, Huffington Post, and BasketballNews.com. Interestingly, in this song that you just heard, this is actually a poem that uh, Itan had written for his first book, um, and this is called The Field Trip. And this was uh, particular. Uh, this particular speech was recorded at an anti-war demonstration in Washington in 2005, and the, rec- the recording has circulated online. And uh, Moonstar here was moved by that message when he came f- first came across it in 2010, so five years after it had been recorded. 
and uh, created this song, the instrumental that you're hearing uh, underneath me right now. Uh, but but really, it kind of stayed stayed in the vaults. Um, and truly, really, with this year, with deeper conversations taking place around anti-black racism, police brutality, and um, yet another disturbing administration in the White House in the United States, Moonstar uh, connected with Ita- with Itan to officially release the song um, called "The Trip." So we connected with Itan recently, uh, just a few days ago, to learn more about this particular piece and why these words continue to ring true today. So I wrote that um, back in 2003, I believe it was, right when the invasion of Iraq happened, and it was, um, you know, it's kind of like a speech slash poem. You know, you'll see sometimes, you know, throughout it, you'll hear me kind of go into like a spoken word type of a flow. And then other times it sounds like a speech. So it's kind of like a blend of both. But that was actually part, that was a piece that I had um, in my first book, which is a collection of of poems um, called More Than an Athlete. And so I, I, I wrote that and I put that together. And it's a collection of poems on a lot of different topics. You know, I'm talking about racism, talking about police brutality, um, politics, you know, war. Um, I have poems about basketball. I have poems about everything. So it's just a whole collection. And so what I would do is, at that time, I would would deliver this speech all over D.C. You know, D.C. was a place that was really rich with political energy while I was playing here with the Wizards. So you had anti-war protests going on all over the place. And I was performing and, you know, doing my spoken word and doing speeches at some, at, at, at all of them. And, you know, some some places would be 50 people, some would be 100 people, some would be a couple hundred people, and some would be thousands. So it just all depends, and I was just going to all of them. So that's what was going on around that time and why I, why I put that entire piece together. You know, at that time, uh, did you have any reservations as a pro athlete, you know, delivering the speech and the backlash that may follow? You know, I probably should have. I didn't really think the whole thing through, to be honest with you. You know, you're in the moment. I, I saw what happened with Iraq. Um, I'm looking at the situation and I'm like, wait a minute, why are we going to Iraq? Why are we, you know, so so taking you back to it, um, you know, now when you ask people about Iraq, whether they're Republican or Democrat, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll say, okay, that wasn't a great idea. We should have gone there, right? Mm-hmm. But back then, um, right after 9-11 happened, and right after George W. Bush was like, either you're with us or you're against us, you know, he did that whole proclamation and everything like that, you really didn't have that many people speaking out, you know, I guess public figures speaking out against the war in Iraq. You had like the Dixie Chicks, you know, Michael Moore, Cornell West, and like two other people. You know like what I mean? only so one person was, that uh, voted against the war in, in the House, right? Right, right. So so when I was doing that, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of public figures speaking out about it. And so looking at it on hindsight, it could have gone a lot differently had my the the the, the, the CEO of the of the Washington Wizards, the late A Poland. I don't I don't call them owners for obvious reasons. But uh, the CEO of the Wizards, um, A Poland, he actually agreed with me and his son was actually at one of the rallies so you know he talked to me about it and everything like that but the whole situation could have gone a lot differently if he was a staunch 
Republican or if he was a, you know, George Bush, like buying into the either with us or against us type of a mentality. And that could have been my last days with the Wizards. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't think about all of that at the time. I, I, I saw it happening. I, you know, I had a strong opinion about why we are going to Iraq. I was like, wait, I understand 9-11, but what does Iraq have to do with any of this? And I'm looking and what really, what really changed for me was two things. One, I remember watching um, Colin Powell, General Colin Powell, when he was making the case and he was saying like, this is what we have. We have suspected in this place could possibly be whether the mass destruction, but we don't really know. And he was giving, and I've, I've seen um, Colin Powell make presentations before. And this presentation to me sounded like, okay, he don't really believe this. He, this is just what they're telling him to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, like this is the justification that they're giving to the UN, but this isn't, he's not really, this is not the way he presents his cases. And so that was one thing. And then I saw, um, I remember clear as day, I was in, I was in um, DC National Airport and I was, I saw all these young kids um, being deployed to Iraq. These cats looked so scared and so young. And I was like, wow, they look like some little babies. Yeah. And they looked terrified. And that's when I re it really pushed me. And then, and then also my younger brother, um, he had a couple friends that, that um, enlisted in the army and they also were sent to Iraq. And I remember them from when I, when, you know, growing up, I'm like, wait, little, little Ed is going? You know what I mean? Like, and they're young mm -hmm. cats. So then that's when I was like, okay, I got to speak out against this. This is not right. What, what's, what's going on here is not right. So then that's when I started speaking at different, you know, rallies and protests and things of that nature, um, you know, kind of going at the you know, Republican Party, at George W. Bush, at, you know, some specifically dealing with Iraq, some, you know, that's, that's when I started doing that whole process. Yeah. I mean, when you bear witness to a, a crime that's happening, you have to do something about it or your guilt is going right. to consume you, right? Um, exactly. You know, exactly. so 15 years later, this track is sitting on my hard drive and it's just like burning a hole in my hard drive and I have to get it out. Um, <laughs> and I reach out to you and you were just so gung-ho from the get-go. Um, yeah. But, you know, we talked about it on your show. It's it's, it's disheartening that we we listen to this now. And, you know, some, some of the reaction I'm getting from people is that they think it's a current thing. You know, they think it's something that... Right you spoke of recently right i mean once right. you get into the right. some of the names are still the same of the perpetrators that mm -hmm. are, are 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 um up to this uh shenanigans but um mm -hmm. you know why do you think why do you think it is so disheartening today and and uh if you could speak to that well honestly it, it should be relevant i mean you know because it, like you said it's the same issue. It's the same, you know, the same names, the same, you know, Tucker Carlson and Sean Handy and all the people who I said that I wanted to take on a field trip because it seemed like they just didn't know, like didn't understand the way that the other the other side of the tracks live and the different world that exists. And they're speaking as if, you know, from a perspective and a standpoint that their circle is the only circle that is um, you know, reality in America as a whole. And that's the part where, you know, it's, it's the same exact thing that's going on now that went on before. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of the feedback that we got, you know, even from the show yesterday, we all were on and we were talking about it um, so much. 
is the same kind of thing. Like, people are amazed, like, wow, that that could have been written yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, that could have been written, you know, about every... I mean, I just didn't say Trump because it wasn't Trump then, yeah. you know? But that's the only difference. And and it's... But it is interesting that I think at this time, of course, I'm hoping, but in this time, it seems like there's been like this awakening mm-hmm. um, from a lot of people who really weren't into politics for a while, you know, really didn't have, you know, the, 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 the situation is so dire and so drastic and so extreme. They're like, Oh my gosh, I got to vote this time. And you're seeing people who have never voted in their life, you know, <laughs> now, you know, voting early. Like I think we are breaking records for early voting in, in in this country and uh, you know all over in different states and everything different cities and it, that part is very encouraging to see mm-hmm. uh, but we, we, we will find out here soon you yeah. know yeah well we're on the edge of our seats and and we're hoping for the best and um right. you know in five years i'd like to listen to this track and think of progress you know yeah that's that mm-hmm. that would be that would be something. I'm curious, like, what, in your perspective, do you feel, like, needs to happen to really see a shift in in uh, in the States? Well, w- well, first, you know, we have, we have to get Biden in office. That's number one. And then after that, that's when the work just, you know, after, after the party, after the celebration, after everything like that, then we need to get to work immediately. Um, and there's a long laundry list of things that we need to be able to improve on. I mean, and and I think that one of the things that we get this question a lot, um, you know, is Biden the perfect candidate? And it's like, no, he's not the perfect candidate by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But he's 25 times better than what we have. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it's, it's a matter of you have one. A, a lot of people are asking the question, well, is this really the lesser of two evils? You know, is it, you know, Biden, you know, he had the, you know, the, the 94 crime bill. He mm-hmm. had different, you know, laundry list of things that you could point out with Biden. Is it really one of the same? And it's like, no, it is not. They're not the same. There's, you have one evil and you have one that needs to be pushed to do better. Yeah. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even talking about the 94 crime bill, we're talking about something that happened in 1994. We're talking about with Trump. We're talking about today, right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, and all you had to do is just look at the debates to be able to see where one comes from and where the other one comes from. Mm-hmm. You can look on on um, Joe Biden's website to be able to see all the different things that he's laid out to answer the crime bill. You know, he has his plan for for the black community and all the different things. You could just you listen. Now, has he articulated that the best possible way from day one? I would say no. But 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 to equate one with like with the other, like they're on the same level, like it's you know two two evils. I'm like no, this is this is apples and oranges. Like you can't even compare. And you know the going down the list of things with with Trump. I mean, I, it's like where do you even begin? You could begin with the coronavirus, which is the most immediate. And where we are right now, we're in our second wave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and. That would have been a lot different if he would have taken it seriously from the from from the beginning. So if if if, if, if you agree with his tax plan or you agree with his you know economic stimulus plan, okay. But let's look at the twenty two hundred thousand plus people Americans who have yeah. died from the coronavirus that didn't have to die. You know, like that didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, when you go down the list with Trump, there's just there's just this never ending 
it seems, you know, list of, of reasons of why people should vote. And I think that's the reason why, going back to the original point of, of why you're seeing the, the voter turnout so high is because of those exact reasons. Yeah. And for all our American friends that are listening, if you're sitting on the fence about voting, just just go and do it. You know, don't don't think twice. Mm. Participate. Um, you know, last uh, the last election, it, a lot of people felt like they were voting in lesser two evils. But now it's very clear, like what the next four years could be like because we've just experienced right. that, right? So definitely. And it's interesting because it's like this decision has global re- repercussions. Yeah. We've seen mm-hmm. we've seen shifts in thinking. Here, here within yeah. Canada, you know, or things coming up much more to the fore that we thought, you know, policies were, being decided upon that that would never have happened if Trump. It's know, emboldened people yeah. here in, in in all the worst ways. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, thanks. Thanks uh, a lot, Etan. Um, it's a real honor to work with you, and uh, you know, I could have picked something more recently, but I really felt this this delivery that you gave back then, I, I really wanted to share it with our followers and, and it's really resonating with a lot of people. So we really appreciate it. And uh, please keep up the struggle and, and um, we'll be watching. Okay, thanks. And I appreciate you working with me and wanting to kind of bring that, bring that back. So thanks a lot. And whatever you need me to do, just uh, give me a holler, let me know. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Right, Take care. Yeah, so it's on Thomas um, just giving us a bit of background on the situation uh, down south and and uh, also a little bit more about the the project that I'm collaborating on him with. It's called The Trip. It's available at Bandcamp, uh, Moonstar with two R's, dot bandcamp.com. All the money that we're raising are going to his foundation. He runs a foundation that does youth outreach in the States. And we're also sending some money to Black Food Toronto, which is an organic food basket for the black community in Toronto. Um, so all the proceeds from the sales of this record are going to those two uh, foundations and organizations. And uh, we were at, I think, 400 bucks so far, which is amazing because uh, our label, Public Transit Recordings, is going to match donations up to 500 bucks. And uh, we just really appreciate the support that everyone has given us right now. Um, we have a soft target for 500 tomorrow. So if you're th- sitting on the fence and you want to donate, um, please do. Um, we really appreciate it. So again, it's uh, Moonstar at Bandcamp.com, or you can link through us through FutureClassic.ca. We'll post the links up there on our site. And uh, not much time left in the show. We got 10 minutes to go. Um, the one Tash is going to step up on the decks. And yeah, Future Classic Radio, CKUT 90.3 FM. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep it locked. Don't shoot.
does it down here at Future Classic Radio. Another edition in the bag. Keep in touch with us at futureclassic.ca. And uh, for those of you out in the States that are listening and you're on the fence about voting, go and do it, man. Just just put that mask up. And, and also everyone in Montreal, stay safe. Mask up. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back in a couple weeks. All right, peace, y'all. Futureclassic.ca.